Welcome to the Doxa Dialogue, a podcast about living life on mission for the glory of God. My name is David Rudy, and I'm the pastor at Doxa Church. I am joined by my beautiful wife, Julie, this morning. Hello, listeners. It is a very rainy day. It was so hard to get out of bed today. It's one of those days you want to just stay sleeping, sleep and sleep. You need to sleep, though, because you're growing a baby. Yes. 20 weeks. 20 yep. weeks down, 20 weeks to go. Hopefully a little less. Than yeah. <laughs> Not too much, but... It's exciting times to have a fourth child enter our home. We're really looking forward to it. And it's been a minute since we've had a podcast. Sorry about that, everyone. We were in Florida at a conference, which was amazing. So good. And then we recorded one, and then David was editing it, and we just both felt like... It was not a great podcast. We yeah. got to do take two on that yeah. one. So thanks for showing us grace. That's the beauty of this podcast. We don't have any deadlines or sponsors to please. We just want to give you good content. Unless you want to sponsor us. <laughs> yeah, Patreon. We could, we could set that up. No, but it was one of those things where we just weren't super clear, specifically me and I don't know. We just both weren't quite feeling it. And we really wanted to value this topic. So we decided to go for it again. And here we are. Yes. A lot has happened since we last had a podcast. I know we had Valentine's Day in there. There's been. I got my braces adjusted yesterday. Woo wee. Yeah. Anyone that has braces has had them or has them currently. My heart goes out to you. I think God's having me have braces as an adult. So that if my kids have braces, I'm way more sympathetic when they say <laughs> my mouth hurts. <laughs> there you Ooh, go. It's going to be soup today, I think, is all I'm going to be able to eat. But that's okay. It's part of the process, and I'm grateful to be it's able to do going it. going really well. Praise the Lord for that. So we are going to finish up our Ren the Heavens section of this podcast. We did a series on the DNA, the lifeblood of the church, and we've just had these overflow topics that I didn't really get to in the sermons that are very applicable for all of you as members of a church. Yes, I know if you're listening to this in real time, you're like, hey, we're actually in the Book of Ruth at church. (laughs) We know. So this podcast is just one tail end from the previous series, and then we're going to jump right back into more things with Ruth and and whatnot coming up. So just think of it that way. But being a member of the church in the world, I mean, this podcast is all about living your life on mission for the glory of God. Like that's the mission of our church as well. And you can easily get swept up with the busyness of life, what's going on in the culture, like what's going on politically in the country. There's so many angles where you can get sucked into this world is dark Mm -hmm. and depressing. What am I going to do? And you can go different ways with that. There's a tendency just to entrench yourself in Christian safety net stuff and block it all out, shield your kids from everything. Uh There's that mentality. There's also just embracing the world, getting as close to it as possible because, hey, like, I want to fit in and I want to slide Jesus in there. And so we're going to discuss that because I think this is a very important conversation to have. Mm And the passage that we're going to look at really sheds some very important light on how we can do this successfully. Yes. Why don't I go ahead and read that passage? We're going to be in John 17. I have given them your word and the world has hated them because they are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. 
I do not ask that you take them out of the world, but that you keep them from the evil one. They are not of the world, just as I am not of the world. Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world, so I have sent them into the world. And for their sake, I consecrate myself that they also may be sanctified in truth. There you go. So a common phrase that's associated with this passage and other passages, but it primarily comes from this passage in the New Testament, and maybe you've heard this before, is, hey, as a Christian, you're in the world, but not of the world. Mm-hmm. Have you heard that one before, yeah, Julie? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So many times. Yeah, and that's biblical. You know what I mean? That's a great way to say it in many ways. But I have seen over the years that if you just focus on that alone, I'm in the world, but not of the world, you can really go to both those extremes that we just briefly mentioned, you know, Mm -hmm. the embracing it and just full adaptation of as much as you can to get as close to the world or just, I'm going to, I'm going to step back and I'm not going to engage at all. And I'm going to get in my bubble over here. I actually think a really good way to say it is that we're not of the world, but we're sent into the world to mm-hmm. be a light, mm-hmm. to be that salt and light like we're challenged to be. And I, th- I think that is a more accurate way to use this phrase because that's exactly what Jesus is saying. Like he's telling them, I'm sending you into. You're different. You don't have the same philosophy, the same mindset, the same mm-hmm. goals, the same aspirations. You are redeemed. You are bought. You are, you are made new. So we're not slaves to our flesh anymore. We're definitely not of the world. Right. But now we're sent into the world. And just flipping that around, it helps you see the missional side so much better. Right. Which means, you know, in your workplace, when you're at the grocery store, when you're at a restaurant, you are going to look different. Mm -hmm. You're going to sound different. Than the majority of what's around. You know, maybe there's other Christians around too. Yeah. It's always great when you can just tell that somebody is a Christian. This actually happened to us yesterday. We went or no, a couple days ago, we went through the Chick-fil-A drive-thru for breakfast before I had an ultrasound. And the worker, of course it's Chick-fil-A, so they're like, my pleasure, (laughs) my pleasure, a million times. But this girl that gave us our food, you could tell in her countenance Mm -hmm. that she had joy. Mm -hmm. And she was so kind. And she said, you all have just the blessed day. And we both I, said, I think she's a Christian. Even before she said blessed day, I was thinking this girl is just beaming with, with a just smile on her face. She has joy. and Either that or there's like it. a boy at her work that she likes <laughs> and he was really nice to her or something. Either <laughs> one of those. Either, Either she's infatuated and smitten with love or she has the love of Jesus. And maybe both. Maybe both. Yes. We'll go with that. But it is it really does seem like in this passage here, in this prayer, this high priestly prayer of Jesus to God the Father in John 17, we're getting some really cool inside scoop between the Father and the Son. It's really amazing to listen to this prayer. But Jesus understands the tension that we would experience as Christians living in this present darkness, this hostile ideological environment called the world that is opposed to Christ, it's anti-Christ. And you don't just see that from Jesus, you really see it from all of the authors in the New Testament. You just read through any epistle in the New Testament, you're going to come across something that is along these same lines, where we're encouraged to continue our relationships with the world around us, but also be careful to live in a way that is for God 
it's representing God. We're showing his glory and we're not just for the culture and, and having as much fun as we can down here. So Julie, would you please just read a couple more passages that I'm referring to here? Yeah. First uh, John 2.15, do not love the world nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the father is not in him. Ouch. We're kind of being told like if we're loving the world, <laughs> hey, you don't love me. Yeah, yeah. And then you have 1 Corinthians 5, and this is a really good passage. Verses 9 and 10, you know, this is a problem in the Corinthian church where you have members that are in the church living a very sinful lifestyle that's not even tolerated among the pagans. But everybody's just okay with it, and they're not really doing anything about it. And and Paul's like ready to bring the hammer down. And this is literal biblical separation. I'll just read the passage. I wrote in you my letter not to associate with immoral people. I did not mean at all with the immoral people of this world or with the covetousness, covetous and swindlers or with idolaters, for then you would have to go out of the world. So in that passage, what Paul is actually teaching is if someone claims to be a Christian and they're in the church and they're just pretending that everything's fine and they're walking with God, but they're living an unrepentant, sinful lifestyle, that's so bad. It's such a reproach in the name of God in the church and what you're supposed to be doing that as a church, you should actually separate from that person because what they're saying is not matching what they're living out with their life. Mm -hmm. Those are the people you separate from, not the people in the world that are sleeping around and doing drugs and all of these things. Like those are the people that you reach out to mm -hmm. and that you share the gospel with. You don't separate yourself from those people. Right. Well, and that ties into Romans 12. Mm -hmm. it, it, you know, in Romans it says, and do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you may prove what the will of God is, that which is good and acceptable and perfect. I mean, we could really park here a long time to break down this verse. Mm -hmm. Don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed. Yeah. Uh, that tra that word transformed is really, really important. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And it all starts with the way you think. It's the way you're thinking. And then last verse, James one we're talking about being transformed by the renewing of your mind. Here's really good application for what we should be doing as a church. Pure and undefiled religion in the sight of our God and Father is this, to visit orphans and the widows in their distress and to keep yourself unstained by the world. So again, we're out there, we're serving people, we're in the world, but we're not going to be stained by it. We're not letting it permeate into our inner being and affect our soul. So the warnings are everywhere. It, but I, I just go back to if our mindset is we're not of the world, but we're sent into the world, we're mm -hmm. going to have our guards up, you know, almost like a shield to deflect Mm -hmm. the yucky part of our culture to infiltrate us. Yeah. Yeah. And that's where we really want to go with the rest of this podcast. Like clearly there's the warning. Clearly this is an issue. Jesus wouldn't be talking about it. All these new Testament authors wouldn't be spending so much time warning Christians about this if it wasn't a real threat. Mm -hmm. So it's something the church needs to talk about. And I think where I'd like to go with the rest of this is just how can we decide and make decisions and direct our lives to a point that we're not stained by the world, but that we're truly sent into it. 
Actually, we were thinking about this just through our history, and we've both seen churches over the years that go one of two extremes. Like we've mm-hmm. seen the churches that just lock themselves up and stick their head in the sand and just everything from the world is bad. Like if it's a secular song, it's bad, you know? Almost the Amish approach. <laughs> right, right. And then we've seen the flip side, like, talked to christians before and they're just like oh sometimes i just want to sleep in all day and watch trashy tv like that's an okay thing to do and like do you really think you're spiritually mature enough that that won't affect you yep like it's in your heart that's gonna come out yeah what you put into your eye gate into your mind is eventually gonna come out so the balance piece i think is where you have to start this isn't isolation this isn't completely disconnecting yourself from everyone cutting off ties like, oh, this person, my neighbor over here is not safe, so we can't talk to them. Or my family member is doing this and they don't know Jesus, so I'm just gonna you know, keep my family away from their family. We're not talking about that, that's clear. The Bible never tells you to go there. Also, it's not getting as close as possible to the world. When that happens too, this is the sad thing, the church just gets into this position where they're like, five years behind what the world's doing and you can see what was going on in the world like three four five years ago and then slowly christians are just gradually adapt to those same things and they're always a few steps behind and they're never culturally relevant anyway what are some other places where we can apply this julie i think school choice you know really when it comes down to it if you have kids and they're in school age there's three choices You can keep them at home, you can public education or send them to private school. Mm -hmm. And with those choices, none of them are wrong. Each one is for you as a parent to take before the Lord and figure out with all your circumstances what is best. Maybe financially you can't do private, so you're forced into the other two. Or maybe Uh you're the school district you're in, you just don't love, you know, Mm -hmm. there's just so many different factors, but what really comes down to is with your kids, they, if they go to school, that's a lot of time that they're away from you. Mm -hmm. Um, and it's, that's not a bad thing, but what really, what it comes down to with whatever choice you decide, whether it's homeschool or they're away from you most of the day, you as a parent still have to disciple them in this area of the world because whatever friends they have, they're going to get a taste of culture and the things of the world. And a balance comes into play mm-hmm. here with, you know what, I'm I'm going to actually let my kids be exposed a little bit and disciple him through it so that when he's out of my house, he can handle it and he knows how to take it to the Lord and discern what is right and wrong. Yeah, who would you rather have? expose your child would you rather it be some punk kid or would you rather it be yourself and you actually have the conversation with them in the proper time before they hear a whole mouthful from someone else about about life and about growing up you know right so you can take the approach of well i'm just gonna shield them completely Mm -hmm. and then you know as they get out of the home they are don't know how to handle the world or if you just like well i don't really care they'll learn anyway and then you're not doing your job as a parent in discipling them yeah so there is a balance there yeah and seriously every single one of these options 
there's so many variables at play. And it's not a one-size-fits-all kind of thing. It's just not a one-size-fits-all. So for some people, their only options are homeschool or public school because there's not an affordable private school or, or there's not a Christian school in their area. For some people, you know, the way they look at it is, hey, we have an option here to homeschool or Christian school, but with our child and just the way our personalities are, homeschooling would be really hard and it would be better for my child to go to another environment and and have more of those opportunities to be around people. And that would actually help our relationship. Ding, to do ding, that. ding. That's us. <laughs> yeah. My heart goes out to everyone that homeschools. Like those moms are incredible. And I yeah. just, I look up to you for doing what you do. Yeah. And we have some really solid friends who love Jesus. They are intentional in discipling their kids and they have their kids in public schools. Yeah. And you know, they're great kids. Great kids. But also, not every public school system is the same. You have different districts all over the country, and we know this. This is obvious, but just think about it. Sometimes you put your kid into a school, and it's too much for your child to handle. I mean, they could be a second grader, and they're getting pummeled with this world's philosophy that's almost indoctrinating them that is too much for that kid to even process. Like, So that's where, yeah, there's a place where I need to protect my kid and I want to uh-huh. I want to help my kid. And other times, there's a public school district that's not going to be the same because they're, again, not And only- we have so many people in, in, that go to DOCSA that are teachers in public school, and I love yeah. that. It's like they're a light. And that's what our world needs is Christian teachers in those environments. Yep. So that's one of the biggest areas. I mean, we spend a lot of time on that one, but rightfully so, because I mean, educating your child, that is really one of the biggest players of this whole topic. Another one is, of course, entertainment, Christian liberty. Yeah. Movies, TV shows, Mm -hmm. places we go. We have Christian liberty and it's very important for the church, for another Christian not to play the role of the Holy Spirit and just to tell you, don't do that and don't listen to that and just start Xing off huge genres and, and all of that is taking it way too far. This is an area where it's between you and God, but at the same time, you have to be very, very careful and cognizant of the fact that what you put into your mind is going to affect you. Yes. I am doing a Bible study right now with Darian. I don't know if you're listening. Shout out to Darian. Um, And one of the chapters this week was about our input and our output. And what we put in is ultimately our output Mm -hmm. and how important that is. And you don't even realize, like you might even be like, oh, well, this TV show has this, 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 but you just kind of get used to it over time. And what's happened is you're eventually talking like the world because it's what you're putting in. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So with, with all of these issues, you can really have legalism both ways on both ends of the mm-hmm. spectrum. Of course you can have legalism where somebody looks down at somebody else because all oh, the length of her skirt or whatever, you know what I mean? Like that's the classic one we all think of. Is that a thing anymore? <laughs> I'm sure it is out there. I'm sure it is. But you also have the reverse legalism side where somebody is just fully engaged in their Christian liberty and they feel great about having a drink or doing this or that, right? That another Christian doesn't really, their conscience doesn't really allow them to, to feel comfortable to doing that. And those Christians who have more of that liberty, 
they look down on other Christians because, oh, you're just a prude and you're just being too conservative about this, right? Like the legalism really does go both ways where, you know, I'm closer to God because I can still enjoy this and I can handle this. And, and they, you're missing and they, out. Yeah. And they're missing out. And they can't, you know, they're just not strong. They're the weaker brother. Like, you know what I'm saying? Uh-huh. So it's just so important to not play that game to focus on where you're at in your relationship with God, to take it seriously that the world is coming after you, the world is enticing, the world is deceiving, to know that and to be prepared that like, where is my heart at? I truly want to be sent into the world and not be of the world. And a way to think about this too, when we're talking about this balance piece is just an illusion, Juliana, we're talking about a boat. You got a boat out there on the water, right? That's what you do on a boat. It allows you to float around and get around on the water. So that's a good thing. It's like you're in the boat. The boat is on the water. But if you get water into the boat, that's a problem. <laughs> and You can just have a little bit here and there going and you're okay. Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, all that water is piling in and what's going to happen. Yeah. You get a little leak and it's fine. It's not going to really cause much damage for a while. No big deal. But a sustained period of that, it's going to eat away at your boat over time, right? Or you never clean it. You never get the water out of the boat and then gets moldy, gets gross. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Like eventually it's just going to start eroding things and you don't want that. So some people are like... You can sink. You can literally be just gross, scummy yeah. Erosion. Yeah. You got to clean that out. And I mean, some people see that problem and I've, I've been on boats before with people and they are like intense. One grain of sand. How dare you? It is the end of the world that you got sand in my boat and they have like a little shop vac. They instantly vacuum it up or whatever. But you have those people who are so concerned about keeping their boat pristine that they never even put the boat out in the water. and then it's just on the shore it's at dock you know and and they never even really use it for its intended purpose and it never accomplishes what it's meant to accomplish because they're so afraid of getting it stained at all that they don't even engage then you have other people just like hey this is my messy boat and it's gonna take some water here and there and that's gonna eventually come back and bite them you know what i mean like eventually you can't do that forever either yes So the key is to be balanced, to get your boat out on the water, allow it to do its intended purpose, to enjoy it, and and to keep everything in its proper place. You know, there's going to be times where you need to clean the water out. (laughs) And there's going to be times where you need to patch a hole because there's a small leak and we're going to fix that. That's really the way we have to go. Looking back to John 17, Julie, I think it gives us really two standout applications that we need to include in our life, that we need to embrace for us to stay unstained from the world mm-hmm. and to truly be not of but sent into. What do you see there? What, what do you I think? I mean, what sticks out to me here is verse 17, sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. You have to know the word to be able to defend truth, to know truth. Mm-hmm. And when you know truth, then you can confidently say, you know what? I'm not of the world, but I'm sent into the world. Yeah. yeah. And I know the word of the Lord. 
Absolutely. You didn't even read verse 20 because you stopped in verse 19, but verse 20, Jesus says, I do not ask for these only, talking about his disciples, but also for those who will believe in me through their word. So Jesus is talking about the entire church. He's talking about us as Christians living in 2022. And he's praying too. Like that's the big piece of this. You have knowing the word, immersing yourself in the word, and you also have prayer. Like having that relationship with God where you're talking to him, you're laying it out at Jesus. Like, Jesus, show me the way. Like, I want to glorify you. I want to show your truth. I want to show your character, your justice, your mercy, your love. I want to be holy. I want to be set apart and be different. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think about life as just get as much money as I can and retire as soon as I can and use the old John Piper phrase, go collect seashells by the beach. You have all these retired people in their early 60s just living it up, playing golf. That's the life. That was success. Like, was it really? <laughs> when yeah. when you have the world with people that are lost that are dying, they're going to hell. Like there's Christians who are struggling. There's real issues in the world that we can pour our lives into other people. So the world's mentality is what's in it for you. Get as much out of it as you can. Mm -hmm. Soak it up. The lap of luxury. That's the world's mentality. And when we have the mentality that we're sent into the world, that we have a mission for God, we're going to fundamentally make different decisions. Because we have different goals. We have different aspirations. And in the meantime, you do it God's way, you're going to have more fun than the world has. Because the world is empty. The world abuses substances and their health deteriorates way faster. When you follow God's plan, you live your life the way God has told you to live your life, you don't get as hurt. You know, Mm -hmm. when God says don't, what he means is don't hurt yourself. And when he says don't have sex before marriage. Like the world looks at that and like, wait, what? So you also like churn your own butter and knit your own clothes. Like, who are you? Why would you even do that? Right. It's because we believe that sex is a piece of marriage and an intimate relationship between a husband and wife. And it's going to be enjoyed the most that way. And it's not going to bring guilt and extra baggage if it's just thrown around with anybody that you find attractive. Like those are very, very important pieces to understand. Doing it God's way is going to be more enjoying. It is going to be more fulfilling because that's the way he's intended this life to be. Absolutely. I think too, you ask yourself, what's your world and word barometer? Mm, Yeah. Where are you at in your knowledge of the truth in relation to how much time you consume so much worldly entertainment or being around such worldly people. Mm-hmm. I think for us, we have someone in our life that it's no one from church guys <laughs> that we see pretty often and more so in the summer. And this person is not a Christian. They're very brash, uh, very worldly. Mm-hmm. And we love this person and we love their kids and we want to reach them. And it's a really hard balance of being careful of our kids being around them too much to Mm -hmm. get that influence, but also us saying, you know what, we want to reach them and they need the love of Jesus. They need that in their life. And so one way we can stand out, one way to have a testimony and be sent into the world, sent into their life Mm -hmm. is when we're around them more in the summer, 
our words, just talking kindly to our kids Mm -hmm. in front of them and our joy showing through that they can see like there's something different about them. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And then when our kids see something that they shouldn't really see in, in the sense of like an ugly tone or nasty comment, you point that out to your kids at the right time. You have a family meal. Yeah, of course not in front of them, but like you're having a family meal and you just make some observations and you share that with your kids and point that out so your kids can learn how to think through that and see those kind of things as well. But that's a great, great point, Julie. Yeah, that's just one example of the people in your life. And I don't know, everyone is kind of in a different season of life where you're at right now, but Mm -hmm. you know, in the workplace, if you're working, Oh, yeah, Does your truth shine through to be sent out, to be a light there? Or even just the grocery store, guys, our world is so rough right now. People mm-hmm. are hurting. Mm-hmm. And people will say a rude comment sometimes, you know, maybe at the grocery store and you're like, man, I don't even know you and you just bit my head off. And like, okay, <laughs> I'm sorry. Can I just pray for you right now? Like what's going on? You know, and it's not about you, you know. Just being the opposite of uptight and nervous and anxious, just being relaxed and having a smile on your face in many contexts can really make you stand out. And where does that come from? It comes from the joy of the Lord. And if you have that, you have that peace in your heart, people will notice, ooh, there is, there's something different there, yes. especially in the workforce. When you're in one of those work environments where everybody's miserable and complaining and just angry all the time and bitter at their life, you Wait. can really stand out. say you are of the world that your entertainment choices would reflect the world that the places you go and spend a lot of your time and money that reflects the world or would you say you know what I'm actually sent into the world because I have the truth on my side and it's in my heart and that is what's coming out amen thanks for listening and it's always helpful for you to give us a like give us a share and if you haven't already leave us a review those reviews actually really help spread the word and get this podcast rated higher so who knows someone else may stumble upon it one day so we'd appreciate if you do that and we're looking forward to being back again next week until then you are loved